Need a kick in the metaphorical writing pants? Start with this, a podcast by Night Vale creators Joseph Fink and me, Jeffrey Craner. Each episode, we'll discuss some writing topic and then give you two assignments, something to consume and something to create. Art is hard. Starting is hard. If you want to start somewhere, you can start with this. You can start with this. Start with this feedback. Hey, I saw your show. Very interesting. I read your novel. Congratulations, you wrote a whole book. I saw you had a poem published. That's cool. What's a poem? You use a lot of swear words in your work. One thing I would change about your opening scene is more of this other thing that I like. It's perfect. Everyone who doesn't read you is an asshole. This is all actual feedback I have received in my life. All of it is politely worded, but mostly useless. Even overly complimentary commentary isn't that helpful unless it's specifying exactly what's working and what's not working. Otherwise, it's just friends being friendly. It's as empty as the words interesting or great to see you. I've received horrible feedback as well. Uh, In a writer's group back in Dallas in my early 20s, we were sharing story ideas and I shared mine and the group organizer said, no, that's actually a weak idea. I didn't stick around to ask what was weak about it. I would figure that out on my own. But here's the thing about feedback. Bad, useless feedback doesn't always feel bad and good, useful feedback doesn't always feel good. The whole point of feedback is, well, it's lots of things, but it's not a quality assessment. It's not the scales of justice. It's not a green light or red light. Feedback is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement to the author that you read and understood their work. That's all we want as writers, is to be understood and to understand where we're not understood. I'm Jeffrey Craner, here with Joseph Fink. Let's get started. Hi, Joseph. Hey there. Um, just, uh, yeah, some feedback. I'm Joseph, and you're Jeffrey. Yeah. Um, that wasn't I, helpful feedback, but it was information. Yeah, I thought it was very good information, actually. It was very interesting. I wanted to get this out first. I don't want to dwell a long time on the negative, although negative is often way more fun than positive. But I wanted to talk about sort of what bad feedback is and maybe some like times when you have gotten the bad feedback. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to I don't want to spend too much time like singling out bad feedback I've received. But I do think that I have given myself bad feedback. Mm-hmm. You know, feedback is also a process with yourself. Yeah, right. Like when you are editing something you've made, and I I don't mean like sound editing, I mean like looking through and trying to make it better, you are in essence giving yourself feedback. And there's good and bad ways to do that as well, and maybe we can talk about that in a different episode. But I do think, I, I think until I started working with other people and I kind of learned how feedback can be done in a way that is more constructive, I I gave myself feedback that was a lot more about like every every line has to be exactly as good as it can possibly be. And so I was very negative in my feedback. I was very like, this isn't working. This isn't working. And if it is working, I don't need to think about it because it is working. So I can just set aside anything that's good because that doesn't need to be thought about. And I will only think about the things that are wrong so I can fix them. Um, And that's not terrible in that you do need to think about what's wrong, but it is not a helpful necessarily way of approaching work to only think about what's wrong about it. Like it ultimately puts you in sort of a stressed out, dispirited way uh, when it's sometimes more helpful to be like, what's working here and build from there. And so, yeah, I do think that for a while I was giving myself bad feedback. You can definitely get yourself into uh, a really negative cycle, a really bad loop uh, that keeps feeding itself of 
believing you can't do something, you know, when you, when you give yourself the feedback of, I have to fix what's wrong with this. And, um, and, and also you can give yourself like a, a false sense of confidence about what really works. You know, it's amazing the number of times a joke you think is really going to land with people doesn't at all. And stuff that you thought was kind of a throwaway really registers strongly. So you know, you can never be quite certain. So, But focusing only on the negative of your own work can be really, really destructive over time because you start feeling like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not sure how to, how to fix that. But going to other people can be really difficult too because it's, it's hard to know what to take in. I, I've told this story before, but it, I remember going to being invited to a play reading and it was just at a table. It was a table read of a person I knew. It wasn't a close friend, but a guy I knew who was a playwright. And we did a table read, and and uh, and then we were doing like kind of a feedback session afterwards. And I was under the impression somebody was moderating the feedback session, but that wasn't the case at all. And what ended up happening was just everybody at the table read just started piling on with like. And I think we all had this guy's best interest in mind, but we we weren't coordinated in any way. And, it, you know, dogs have their owner's best interest in mind, but if you don't train them, they just start running everywhere. And that was basically a thing where people were like, well, yeah, the dialogue just doesn't register right here. I just didn't, I was reading this one thing and I didn't know what it meant. And here's this other thing. And I feel like you really like jump ahead in the story out of no. And it went on like this for like an hour and he was miserable and I was miserable. I think we were all miserable because we, you know, when you get that much input from people. It, be, it becomes overwhelming, and I think your natural response, just in feedback in general, but that much feedback can be defensiveness. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 often a good intention, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times, like, you know, the truth is art is personal, right? And so how you – something that for you needs to be fixed might be exactly what it needs to be for someone else. And so it's not often helpful to jump in and be like, hey, let me fix this for you. Because what you're really saying is let me make this the way I would make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not the one making it. So that's trying to remake it into your image of what a, a piece would look like is not necessarily at all helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, I see in your notes, you talk about like the idea of just general comments, like it's good, it's bad, it's interesting. Uh-huh. Um, and those are just more, again, those have less to do with the work and they more of the person's experience with it of like, this is a thing that, felt like it rang with with my feeling about the world or this is a thing that just I couldn't get into. Um, But, you know, I've definitely talked about this on other episodes that like if I read a book and I don't like it, that often that's not the book's fault. It's just it wasn't the right book for that time in my life. And I, I think with feedback, that can often be true is if someone's like, I didn't like this or this is bad, what they often mean is this just didn't work with who I am right now. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is, is that you can, you can, uh, we'll talk about this more in just a second, but uh, some of when, when, when getting feedback, um, the it's good, or that was interesting, proud of you, good job, like those kind of general feedbacks are oftentimes in a, in a situation when you're in a place where you don't know that you have permission to give feedback, um, or you don't feel equipped to give feedback because you're not sure maybe the, the thing you're reading is outside of your what you're truly interested in or outside of your expertise. You know, if, if I, if I wrote a, uh, I was like, Hey Joseph, I just, I wrote a whole, uh, I wrote this uh, sport book on sports history or whatever and hand it off to you and be like, how accurate do you think this is? Like, that's not, that's a terrible question for you because you don't follow sports. But if I were to say like, do you feel like structurally, like, do you think that these stories flow together? Do you think it's 
you know, whatever I can ask you about, if, you know, whether the narratives make sense to you, things like that. Um, so I wanted to get a little bit into like what positive feedback can look like beyond just it's good. And you were sort of hinting at that in what you were just saying, Joseph, which is specificity is a really big thing. You know, really uh, finding the thing that works in something, I think, is maybe the best form of feedback you can give a person. Not what doesn't work, but what is working. Um, because it gives them sort of a, an anchor on which to focus their attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with positive comments, uh, well, with all feedback, but specificity can really, it, it tells them, because the feedback's always going to come through your personal point of view, and that's not necessarily their point of view, it gives them some sort of map to where you're coming from. So yeah. if you're like, this line really made me laugh, loved it, like that, then they can be like, cool. So that line worked for them as a laugh line. Yeah. Or this moment really surprised me and it made me rethink what the scene was about. Specific comments like that can give you a sense of like, oh, this is how this person's personal experience of that moment happened. The you know, then the question for them is, is, is that how I want their personal experience of that to be? But yeah. And, and oftentimes those types of specific comments, and they don't even have to be compliments. They could just be like you said, like this was an experience I had with that. Uh, it's nice to frame it in a positive way. <laughs> like I had a bad experience with this, uh, but no, when, uh, you know, uh, somebody might come to you and say like, I was, I found this scene you wrote this, this particular scene, to be really moving, it, I realized that it was about grief. And that person, the writer, might actually come away feeling like that was not my intention at all, but that's really amazing that they found that in there. So those specificities can also help challenge a person without you saying, oh, I think you meant to write this, but you did something else. Uh, I mean, even outside of feedback, if we're just talking to take a brief digression to compliments. Sure. I think any artist will tell you that. Like some of the most interesting and best, most memorable compliments aren't like, Love the show. <laughs> right. Really enjoyed this one. Um, it's more the people who were like, hey, you know, I I um, I was really struggling with this specific issue. And then it made me rethink how I was feeling about it. And it, and it like was it was useful to me yeah. uh, to get through this. I, I was having, you know, I was having a, a really bad illness and it was a really hard summer for me. And then I heard this episode of, of your podcast and it made me feel this way about my illness. And it it was useful to me specifics like that where it's very specifically that person's personal experience. And maybe that episode had nothing to do with illness when you were writing it, but that is a compliment that you will really take with you because yeah. you were, I talk about, we talk about this a lot on, I only listen to mountain goats, the the podcast I do with John Darnell, that uh, one of the best things an artist can be is useful. And mm -hmm. so when you express to someone a compliment, telling them in a way that they were practically useful to you could be a really nice compliment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think uh, as artists, we're always trying to confirm that what we're trying to do is working. You know, we, we, you know, if you're telling jokes, if you're a comedian, that's very simple. You know, you're looking for laughter and you're looking for energy from the audience and you know when a joke is failing because that's your number one priority is telling jokes. Um, so you're looking for those laughs. In drama, it's a little bit different, but you're still feeling out that that energy. And, and in podcasting, you it really is about the narrative and the connection between speaker and listener. It's funny, um, I think one of the, the best kind of like, not directly a compliment, but feedback uh, that you and I ever got about Night Vale because it was a confirmation of everything we had been trying to do, came from the least likely person as we were interviewed by Adam Carolla on his podcast, on his radio show. And he made a comment to us when he was asking his question. He's like, yeah, yeah, your show is like, um, 
it's like a single storyteller around a campfire, like telling ghost stories, that, that sort of thing. And we're like, yes, yes. And we've heard the question so often, like, um, were you guys inspired by the shadow and these old radio programs? And we're like, no, we never listened to any of that at all. We listened, we listened to solo storytellers and told campfire stories and things like that. So um, uh, that's also a form of compliment when you, when you just acknowledge that what you interpret something to be matches what the artist wanted. I wanted to just kind of go through, it's just four things, and, and I think we all sort of know these four things, but I really wanted to, to just clarify it and really get these in your head because um, feedback can turn really ugly, and I don't just mean insulting, but just overwhelming. You know, uh, as you said, art is very personal, and hearing about your art can start very quickly to feel like a personal attack. Um, it can start, you know, uh, it can sort of like make your skin feel very sensitive. So I think it's thinking through these four things here. Now, I'm going to say the four things first, and then we're going to go back and talk about them. One is give permission for people to give you feedback. Two is set specific parameters for the feedback. And then number three is shut it off. Give yourself a time or a feedback limit. And then four is evaluate what is useful to you. So you've got one, give permission, two, set parameters, three, know when to shut it off, four, evaluate what is useful. So I want to talk about giving permission. As I said earlier, the comment, oh, your show was interesting or was good, usually comes out of a, I don't really know what to tell you right now because I don't know how much time you have. I don't know how much of my feedback you really want to hear. If nobody asks me for feedback, I'm not going to give it to them. I've, I've learned that over time. Like, don't give feedback. If nobody says, if somebody says, hey, you want to read the book I wrote, I will absolutely read it. And if they don't ask me for anything about that book, what did you think or anything, then I'm, I'm not going to offer anything um, other than it was good. Good job. So I think the thing is, is give people permission, knowing how to ask for feedback. Yeah, it, it creates an expectation. It creates sort of the opposite expectation too, right? Like if I don't say, give me feedback, what I'm saying there is, hey, I am i don't feel like I'm interested in feedback on this right now. Mm -hmm. um, so feel free to be like, that was good or that was interesting or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever polite thing you want to say about it, but I'm just not interested in this moment in going through a feedback process um, because I will let you know, like if, if people have a feeling of like, I will let you know when I'm interested in feedback. Yeah, it just, it creates a good set of expectations for everyone involved. Yeah. I mean, these are just like just basic life things too of like, don't offer feedback to somebody on anything unless they ask for it. Oh yeah, like we'll we'll get to a moment in, in giving feedback, but I mean, that's a major thing is, is wait for permission um, because yeah, it, nothing is more rude yeah. than offering feedback when it wasn't asked for. Right. Um, because it's, it's. Ultimately, it's assuming you know better than them. Yeah. You're being like, you didn't ask for this, but I do know how to do this better than you. <laughs> right. Um, and that is maybe not what you intended. You might be like, hey, I feel like this could be so much better if I just told you this. Um, but that is what you are communicating when you offer feedback without permission. Yeah. Um, and, and just from the artist's point of view, when you do want the feedback is just knowing that like people may not comment on your work until they know it's okay and know the, the right place and time and method to do that. So I want to talk about setting parameters. So I, I really do think uh, feedback is, is really important. You, we get, we get so much in our own little private worlds and, you know, maybe that feedback comes from just a, a single other collaborator 
Uh, maybe it's a collective of people. Maybe it's online. Uh, maybe it's table reads or public readings or something like that. I think it's really, really important. And the number one thing I can say about setting parameters is set a time limit. Is just set a window of time you can hear feedback. Um, because like I said before, we could be here all day. Like everything, no matter how good or amazing a work of art is, we could talk all day about our notes on it. And so don't feel like, you're losing out on valuable information. You, of course, are losing out on valuable information, but the more valuable information you have, the less you can use, and it all becomes useless at a, at a certain point. Yeah, I think uh, what setting parameters does is it provides some direction mm -hmm. in some ways. You know, I think you always have to be thinking about the personal experience gap, that the experience of art is a personal experience, and everyone you're talking to is going to have a different personal experience than you did with with making it. And so, if you if you leave it vague, if you're just like I'm looking for feedback on this, a lot of what you're going to get is probably caught up in that personal experience gap of like this seemed weird to me because it's just not something I recognized as part of my life or things like that. Whereas if you're specific about the feedback you're looking for. Did it make sense to you that this character betrayed this other character in that moment? Did that feel like that had mm -hmm. been set up for you? Was that ending joke funny enough? Like, did that did that feel like an ending joke? Was that a strong enough joke? Um, does, this, does this scene feel like it's going long? Yeah. Questions like this give the person giving you feedback direction um, so that they don't get too caught up in just my experience of this was different than yours. Yeah, and that was one of the techniques I was going to say about setting specific parameters beyond just a time limit. Or if you're doing it online, I think just set up a, a cutoff. You know, you just let people know, thank you for all your feedback. I want to close this down as I go work on all of that. But yeah, I think one of the really great tools is um, is telling them, this is how the feedback's going to go. And one great technique I've seen a lot in like play readings is that very thing where the artist asks the questions of the audience or sometimes a moderator in those cases. Um, but yeah, having a very specific question of what feelings did you get from this particular scene? And then it helps people. You can, you can focus people on just the feelings of something. Um, there's a monologue in act two to start act two. Was it clear what this character wanted? Uh, was it clear what the person was saying? And it gives people permission to say, no, I didn't I didn't find it clear, rather than them having to dig through everything wrong with your show and raise their hand and tell you those things. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll get to a moment on how to take feedback, but I do, that is part of the technique, I think, is go into the feedback knowing what you need. Yeah. Like, if you go in and you're just like, I don't, what did you think? That <laughs> right. means you don't really know what you need to work on. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, if it, if you take the time first to, to think through what are the things I'm unclear about here? What are the things that I think might not be working? That that gives you some clarity. It'll probably help you do the work yourself, actually. Mm -hmm. like, like knowing what isn't working is part of the challenge. But yeah, before you ask for feedback, just knowing what you're looking for yeah. is a good exercise. You know, uh, assigning, and sometimes these can be arbitrary, but assigning a, a set number, uh, a limit. Um, I was involved in a feedback process, Jillian and I, my wife and I, uh, working on a dance piece together, and she was in a showcase of works in progress. And part of the, the rule of it was there would be a showing of a work. And then following that, the artist just sat in front of the audience, and then that artist got to ask the audience three questions. And that was it. And the audience was, there was like a time limit uh, for each question of 
the audience getting to respond to that. And you're like, you have to go into this with three questions. So really pick what you want to know about your work from this showcase. Um, I think is, is, is really, really important. So focusing on what you want. Um, so one, uh, so one technique of feedback is, uh, is asking the audience questions. The other one, uh, which is you can direct the audience to just say, I only want you to ask me questions. Don't tell me what you thought, but just ask me questions. This one can go a little bit more haywire because people can ask very pointed questions. Like, did you mean for that one scene to be stupid? You know, (laughs) um, but that's also a helpful way to, to see like kind of where people's heads were, um, in something. Yeah. Uh, this, this is getting kind of to the next point, but it is helpful. The, the question the asking for questions technique is helpful because, Mm -hmm. because of that personal experience gap, people's fixes Mm -hmm. are often not what you need. Like if someone's like, I think you should do this. Yeah. Usually that's bad advice. Yeah. But people's issues, people's questions, people's unclarities are often pointing you to where fixes need to happen. Yeah. And so getting to our third point of shutting it off. And, and if you open something to feedback, you're always going to get bad feedback. It's going to be in there. And you're always going to get good feedback. Like there are people, and it doesn't matter people's background. I've gotten, you know, ultimately feedback I didn't find useful from people who I think are extraordinarily talented and good people and offered good, solid feedback that I just wasn't able to use. Um, and then I've had people who aren't really experienced in writing at all that just made a comment one day and I just thought, holy shit, that's amazing. Like, that's so great. I think the thing is, is that when you shut it off, what you want to do is you just want to limit the, the limit the amount of stuff you have to go through. Because essentially what you just did is when you do a feedback session, you basically just bid on one of those uh, storage centers, uh, like the, the storage places. You just bid on a lot of stuff. And so suddenly now you own a bunch of things. And hopefully there's some really lovely pieces of art and some cool sofas and old records you can really use and that you love and not a whole bunch of crap. Um, but you're going to have to go through it all and you're going to have to give all of it some weight and you're going to have to be like, oh, that one guy, he totally hates me. So I know he was, his question was really pointed. Just give it, give it the weight that it deserves or like really think through. You may or may not want to use it, but it's important that you shut it off so you limit the amount you have to sift through. Finally, let's talk about evaluating what is useful to you. And as Joseph, you stated that when we started this, that you really want to go into it ahead of time with what you want to know about your piece. Do you have any like specific things you yourself when you're getting feedback that you find yourself, these are the things I really want people's input on on a regular basis? It varies from piece to piece. I think often when you write a thing or when you make anything, you kind of know what is, you know what are the things you feel pretty grounded in and you know the stuff that you're taking a chance on. And so often the feedback is most useful on the things you're taking a chance on of just like, I'm just going to try this and I don't know how it's going to go. And so getting some feedback on how that's going. Uh, You know, we do this often with, in a very indirect way, but it's a very honest way with the Welcome to Nightville live shows where we rewrite them slightly as we perform the first few. And that's from just the very direct feedback of watching the crowd react. We'll, We'll often sit in the back of the crowd or in the crowd somewhere and watch them react to a piece. And so... Especially, you know, we often try new stuff in Welcome to Nightfield Live shows. We try to push ourselves and try new techniques. And so seeing how an audience reacts can give you a very direct feedback of like, oh, we were trying for this, we and it's landing slightly differently. And is there a way we can adjust for that? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's important, too, because that the actually putting something on its feet in front of people 
uh, can be really great. Um, as with a lot of what we talk about on, on this on this podcast is, you know, some of it over time through experience, uh, you know, as I've gone along, I take in less feedback than I used to because some of it is I, I kind of know what I'm after. And so specifically, I try and find somebody else. And I usually rely on collaborators to help me with that rather than audiences. But I, I think there are always different ways to do that. I think audiences are the most surefire way if you have the ability to put a show up in front of people. That's the most surefire way to get the best solid feedback because it's all about the feeling of the crowd. Because no matter what, you will feel people's energy. You will know when dramatic moments that don't require a vocalization from an audience, uh, you will know when they sink and when they float. Uh, yeah, I, I do think there's a ma an important thing there, which is knowing knowing what you want out of a work. Um, and that's something that partly comes out of growing confidence as an artist. You know, I think we have a certain amount of confidence as artists because we've been doing this professionally for a bit. And so that allows us to have a sense of like, even if somebody I'm talking to doesn't like the scene, this is the way I wanted this scene to be. And so it's helpful going into a feedback session. There might be stuff you're doing that isn't going to land with a chunk of people, but that's not necessarily a problem if that's a, a thing that's important to you. I think about the absolutely brilliant playwright Annie Baker, who wrote The Flick. And The Flick is three hours long. It takes place in a single uh, screen of like a, a, an art house movie theater in Massachusetts. And it, it, it almost entirely takes place after the movie has just ended and you're watching the employees clean up. And there's long periods of just watching these people sweep up a movie theater without talking. Um, and it was first done at Manhattan Theater Club, and they had walkouts. They had people demanding refunds. People got angry at the show. And I'm sure if Annie Baker had asked for feedback, people would have been like, you could cut half of the running time because <laughs> there's just so much of watching. But she knew what she wanted. Yeah. She knew the rhythm that the show needed for her. And so it allowed her to have the confidence to be like, even though this is going to put off a lot of people, I'm going in with the knowledge that that's what I want it to do. And it, it won the Pulitzer. I've seen it. I think it's a brilliant work. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it works if you understand what she's doing. Um, so having, I'm not saying be Annie Baker, the what possibly the best working playwright in the country <laughs> right. right now, but I am saying just like, it is helpful with feedback to know these are the things that I'm trying to do. And so if I'm not achieving them, that's a problem. But there's other stuff where people will be like, that that scene was gross. Wow. Like the body horror in that scene really made me feel awful. And you can be like, but great. That is going into it. That is what I, I wanted that scene to make people feel uncomfortable in their skin. And that is what I wanted out of that scene. And so even though that is putting people off, that's not bad feedback. That's just... I have the confidence to know that's what I wanted that scene to do. Yeah, I think I think knowing what it is you're setting out to make your work be, I think that's absolutely it. Uh, and and knowing how to specifically get around because this goes back to the, we just uh, the thing we started with, which was sometimes I don't like a piece because I just don't relate to it. But if somebody asks me for feedback, I don't have to think about my personal Yelp review of this piece. I can think specifically about what it is they want feedback they want feedback on, and then I can offer that to them. I wanted to leave with this, which is just to say that when you're a feedback giver, just take those same exact rules. Just remember, always ask, as we said before, always ask for permission before giving feedback. Um, and make sure you have the permission to give that. Actually, don't even ask for permission. Wait for permission to be given to you. Um, and then two, make sure 
If somebody doesn't offer you specific parameters, queue them up for the specific parameters. This will help you and help them both. So if somebody doesn't give you the specific parameters, uh, ask them for them. Just be like, what do you, uh, give me something to concentrate on because uh, I think that will be more helpful to you. Yeah, and then I mean, finally, just asking yeah. the question, like, what do you want me to, what do you want to hear from me? Yeah. It's a very helpful question. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to fixate on any specific thing that would really help me uh, to give you that feedback? Because otherwise I'll just be like, good job. <laughs> um, and then uh, they might just be like, oh, I just want to know you liked it. Oh, I did. I liked it very much. Whether that's true or not. If that's all they want to hear, be a friend and say, great, great job. Don't do what my dad used to do when I showed him <laughs> writing. My dad, lovely man, uh, taught me a lot about how to be an artist. Not the greatest at being lying in a polite way uh -huh. and so i would show him stories i'd written i was like 14 uh -huh. and he'd be like do you want me to say i like it or do you want me to tell you the truth <laughs> and so maybe that's don't phrase it that way right right <laughs> um and then finally always limit yourself on your feedback um even if they don't set parameters on you just give very short very specific feedback um that's the best and be encouraging uh, okay, great. I think this is a great place to uh, shut it off and uh, take our break and then come back to you with your assignments. Hello, Joseph here. I have two books coming out this year. Seriously. May 11th, 2021. The first 10 years. Two sides of the same love story. So there is a love story that happened behind the scenes of Welcome to Night Vale between me and Meg Bashwinner, MC and tour manager for the live Night Vale show. In this memoir, we recount the first 10 years of our relationship year by year without consulting each other beforehand. It's a funny and romantic story about how differently we experience and remember our lives. Then on July 20th, 2021, the Halloween Moon, my first ever novel for ages 10 and up. Esther Gold loves Halloween, until the year that Halloween night just won't end. Even she doesn't want Halloween to last forever. No matter your age, if you are a fan of what I do, I think you're going to love this book. Get these books wherever you get your books. Welcome back. So we're going to give you your, your assignments now. Uh, your first one. Good news, guys. This is a short homework assignment, uh, sort of. Uh, you have, for your consume, I want you to go read up on Liz Lerman's critical response process. Liz Lerman is a dancer and choreographer, and this is a process that is used very often in the uh, theater communities do in New York, but uh, a lot of the, the New York dance community uses this process. And we're going to leave you the link in the show notes. Uh, it's very short. It just kind of gives you a short framework. There's also a link to get the book uh, that she wrote on that. I encourage you to read that book. Uh, what Liz has to say about the process of feedback is so detailed and so wonderful. And there are a lot of really great exercises for framing questions, framing what it is you need to find. Uh, but go check out the link in the show notes uh, to Liz Lerman's website for her uh, critical response process uh, in order to get a framework uh, for good feedback. And this is your assignment to create. And it's going to start with you writing and recording a two minute piece. That's about 200 to 250 words. The piece don't work it too much because the point here obviously is the feedback just to give you some direction you can make it about a fight or argument between two people and that could be acted out or written about or however you want to approach that subject the important thing is when you post it one ask for feedback give permission two set the parameters for exactly what you want that feedback to be and that means look at your piece and think about 
what you want people to give you feedback on. This goes back to know the questions that you want to ask. And three, limit it to an exact number of responses. Once you've received the amount of feedback you should receive, say no more, thank people. Mm-hmm. Giving feedback is, 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 is a, a labor, it's a service. Thank people for their feedback. And then go to someone else's work who is doing this exercise and offer your own feedback by waiting for permission and listening to the parameters they give you. Be respectful of your own and other people's limits. That's all for this episode, but your assignment is just beginning. Head on over to startwiththispodcast.com to join our membership community. And hey, let's use this feedback episode as inspiration to go leave feedback on others' work. Check earlier episode boards and find work to leave feedback on. Joining our membership community allows you to share your assignments with other listeners, talk about what's sparking your creativity, and find future collaborators. Plus, you'll be able to ask follow-up questions about this and future episodes and gain exclusive access to episodes where we answer those questions. Membership is just $5. That's only 10 50-cent pieces. We can't wait to see what you're working on. Start With This is a production of Night Vale Presents. It is produced by Julia Melfi, editing by Grant Stewart, mixing by Vincent Cachione, theme by Joseph Fink. All other music is by Caged Animals. Find more at cagedanimals.net. Very special thanks to Adam Cecil and Christy Gressman. Check out nightvalepresents.com for more information about this show and all of our other shows. Thanks for listening. Great. Uh, so let's leave you with a little bit of inspiration uh, about feedback. Uh, you know the old the old phrase goes, "Opinions are like assholes." Everybody's it's important made to look right at them. <laughs> Great. Thanks so much, everyone. Thanks, y'all. Hey, y'all, it's Jeffrey Craner. So I do another fiction podcast called Within the Wires, which are stories told through the guise of found audio. Each season is a separate tale. You want a prison escape told through relaxation tapes? That's season one. Want a love story that unfurls through voice messages only? Season five. How about the revelations of an unexplained death told through a series of museum audio guides? Season two. There are seven seasons of Within the Wires for you to binge right now, each only 10 episodes long. So go get Within the Wires wherever you get your podcasts. From PR.